good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. And our top story today, using AI to process health claims. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Phil Snyder is a senior vice president at the Warner Companies. Dad, always great to see you. Happy holidays. Happy New Year to you. Well, it's my pleasure, Jeff. Same to you and Jody. And uh, let's hope it's a, a peaceful and a successful and healthy New Year. Uh, your mouth to uh, the proverbial God's ears on that one, Dad. Um, Dad, so normally we're going to do two segments on this program. Second segment, we'll talk about buying long-term care insurance in your 40s. I think that's an interesting conversation. This one, I want to talk about um, the claims process. And Apparently, a lot of insurance companies now are using artificial intelligence about uh, in the claims process to really kind of expedite and sift through the data. I want to get your reaction to that. You don't have to be an expert in AI, but as someone as as a longstanding member of the insurance community, is this is this expected? Oh, I think so. I think any any technology that can, on the one hand, expedite the process. And to make the process more efficient, um, let's say more fair uh, from all uh, from the concern of all parties uh, would be beneficial. Um, so, yeah, I think certainly that that's uh, something that insurance companies will be using and probably currently are using at this point. And, and let's talk a little bit about the, the claims process. Again, you don't have to be an expert in claims, but you've helped facilitate this for, for your clients. Uh, there's a process, and every contract, every life insurance or insurance has a process to f- fulfill a claim. This can often be time-consuming, and uh, it, it involves a lot of human hours in reviewing documentation. Um, and also, there's a risk associated with paying claims from the insurance company because they have to hold all these liabilities on their balance sheet. That's that's correct. Uh, I think the process need not be as cumbersome as you think it might be. Um, If we talk about life insurance claims, let's segment the types of claims. If we have life insurance claims, they are generally straightforward. I mean, there's obviously some paperwork that has to be completed. There's some documentation that needs to be provided. Um, But by and large, and particularly where you have an intermediary who's handling it for the claimant, um, they're pretty straightforward and they generally get resolved pretty quickly. Um, I'm in the middle of one right now where there's a couple sticky issues, but we're working through it. Um, but by and large, those are pretty easy. Disability claims um, maybe are a little more cumbersome. Um, but then again, because you're going to need physicians reports and things of that nature. But I think by and large, they're not difficult. They just need to be managed properly. Medical claims, which is not my area of expertise, as you know, although my firm does considerable work in that area. um, Medical claims, I think AI is going to be very helpful in expediting the process and in in working through um, claims. And and, um, I would think in the area of fairness, properly adjudicating claims, paying claims, in the manner that we'd all hope they would pay them. I think I think that'll certainly be a boon. But like anything else, it's going to take time to manifest itself wholly, you know, fully. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah go ahead. I'm sorry. No, sorry. I, was, I was just going to ask you, I mean, um, yeah, I can understand that. I think a lot of us have, I'll speak for myself, you can articulate your own perspective, but I think a lot of us have 
concern about artificial intelligence. Look, I don't think we're going to have the Terminator and Skynet, but I think things that you know can run amok if you let um, the computers just do all the work. I mean, certainly you're not going to replace a Phil Snyder who's got decades of experience, but you could replace a, a, a you know a, a paper reviewer. Uh, you could replace, um, you know, being able to review all that documentation. So I, I, I understand the concerns, but I don't think there's a nefarious purpose to the deployment of AI. I think it's only to make the process adjudicated more fair and better. Yeah, I'd, I'd like. To, we'd all like to think that's the case. Um, we don't want to presume the worst. I don't think you can totally remove the human element claims. Um, people ultimately have to make decisions. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I don't think you can you can totally leave those decisions to uh, mechanization, for lack of a better term, AI. Um, yeah. I think people are going to have to be involved in that. So I think there's probably going to be a blending and an appropriate use of new technology, new systems, but not at the exclusion of the human element entirely. Uh, yeah. I think that would be a shame. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it just would. I don't think we're at a position technologically to do that. I think that's a dream of many, maybe in the, to reduce expense and overhead. Uh, Dad, you know, you're a, obviously you've, you've got decades of experience. Uh, you're a, you know, a chartered life underwriter. Is this a topic that comes up uh, in the emails, in the forums that you participate in, thinking about American College of Financial Services? Are they talking more about this and, and how the regulators are gonna scrutinize the deployment of AI in issues like claims. Yeah, I, I see that more often now in, in, in communications that I receive. There are seminars, there are um, uh, uh, teleconferences and things of that nature that are dealing with this, but I think it's still early on in the process. I think it needs to evolve. Um, I, I have a lot of faith in, and perhaps this sounds odd to the consumer, but I have a lot of faith in the people who run these companies. Uh, these big companies, I think they want to do the right thing, but there's always a delicate balance there that has to be maintained between doing the right thing for all parties concerned, including the insurance company, because the insurance companies, by and large, are either owned by policyholders or shareholders. Yeah. Uh, so there's a responsibility on that side as well. But it, it, the world moves on, right? And technologies are always to, always going to come about. And they're ideally going to all be used for the betterment of all concern. Yeah. And ultimately, to your point, cl close, uh, narrow, narrow the processes to better timeframes. Um, Dad, last question. I mean, do you think insurance tends to be regul is regulated at the state level? I know not to get into the, the policy conversations, but this is something that I know they're covering in Washington, but knowing that... Um, the regulation of insurance is done at the state level, there could be a lot of hurdles that these insurance companies are going to have to go through around not only their own products, but also the use of AI. I mean, you could face legal challenges in both the state and federal at the state and federal level. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's the case, Jeff. Again, I'm not wholly involved in that. But at the same time, um, it seems to me that there's going to be a, a, an extended period of time. There's going to have to be regulatory approval. I think more so actually at the state level than the federal level, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it's just going to take time and, and it's going to phase in over time. All these things, all changes take time. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. The financial services. Excuse me, just to make the final. Insurance companies, for the most part, are, tend to be conservative organizations. Yeah. You know, they're not the first ones to test the water. You know, to see how cold it is. Um, they're probably. I remember years ago, somebody said when the new John Hancock Tower was built in Chicago, only an insurance company would build the second highest building in the city, and that's <laughs> kind of a metaphor for. Yeah the way insurance companies view things. So I think it, it's an inevitability to evolve over time. Um, and, and, and we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Good conversation. Dad, I want to take a very quick break. Can we come back? We'll talk about do you need long-term care insurance in your 40s? You're going to want to stay tuned right here. Be our end. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Phil Snyder, Senior Vice President of the Warner Companies. Dad, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Happy to be here, Jeff. All right, great conversation on AI. Well, let's flip the script a little bit um, and let's talk about long-term care insurance. and. Over the years, you and I have talked about this. We've talked about it on the program, but also personally, long-term care insurance, those rates have gone up over time um, You know, as more and more people are, are buying the product and they get an experience-rated product. Uh, does it make sense for someone in their 40s to go out and buy long-term care insurance today? Uh, maybe. <laughs> the, again, well, depending upon the good. product. If yeah. it's long-term care insurance, pure long-term care insurance, uh, certainly you can buy the product and protect your insurability. The product is not cancelable by the insurance company. The only one that can cancel the product is the owner of the policy, the insured in most cases, simply by not paying the premium and the policy would go away. The difficulty is you can't lock in the premium. Right. Yeah. There are one or two products out there where you can, but they're extremely expensive because we all know these rates are likely to go up in the future, even though 
company's current pricing sort of reflects the negative experience they've had over the years. But that's one product. That's a use it or lose it product, which means if you don't have a long-term care claim, you can't collect anything out of the policy. Alternatively, there, there are other products available, as we've discussed, that combine long-term care benefits within life insurance plans. Those may make better sense if someone in their 40s wants to buy the product uh, because you can lock in those rates. Um, and, and, and so that's very advantageous. Again, depending on the product, you can even build cost of living adjustments into those policies. So the benefits you buy today will grow at a fixed rate over the life of the policy. You can consolidate your premiums into a finite period of time, five years, 10 years, 20 years, age 70, or pay for it throughout your entire lifetime. And all those things can be guaranteed in these products. So I think there are tremendous advantages to doing that. Those type of products also deliver a benefit, even if you don't have a long-term care claim or you don't use all the available long-term care benefits, there always will be some form of life insurance paid to a named beneficiary. So I think it would be advantageous to, sorry, I don't know if you hear that, but um, the, those, those types of products can be advantageous because you can buy them when you're healthy. Yeah. And, and, and go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, no, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, if your only purpose of getting long-term care insurance is to lock in the rates, that, Hey, you can't do that. It's, it's not, you know, I, back when you bought your long-term care insurance policy and mom bought hers, the, the rates weren't going up. Things were, it was a different world, but now those rates are kind of locked in. Does it make more sense? You know, I'm thinking about the, the, the chance of drawing long-term care um, in your 40s and maybe in your 50s, probably very remote. Does it make more sense to think about like a disability plan? Like, for example, if I become disabled, does that make more sense in your 40s, 30s, 40s? Especially well, if you have a family. Yes, conversation I have with a, a, a new employee at a law firm that uh, that was that is a client, long-term client. Um, there are two different products. Disability insurance is obviously designed to replace lost income through loss of ability to work. Um, so that's separate and apart from paying uh, cost of care for long-term care services. They're two separate things. Certainly disability, I think, is an important benefit. Um, it becomes less important as you age because you're, you're accumulating money over your lifetime and so forth. But it's a very important benefit, I think, for most people, particularly those in their 40s. They've got a long way to go in their work in their work period. Yeah. 20. Who knows how long these days? I mean, I'm still working part time. So, you know, it, it's, um, you know, so disability is, is a different animal in that sense. Yeah. Um, long term care. I think it does make sense to look at it and and consider it. And, and potentially you can buy that and lock in a premium. I have someone else I'm working with right now. She's 53 and she's gonna buy a long-term care policy. And frankly, she hopes she never needs it. In which case her heirs will collect a benefit through their life insurance, through her life insurance. So I, I think it's something people ought to look hard at. Yeah, and, and you were alluding to the life insurance component. I'm assuming that's some type of whole life where you're actually accruing a cash value on the benefit rather than a, a term life product. That sounds to me more optimal for, for younger 
I'm going to call a 40 year old optimal for a younger person for a younger person. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Um, you know, we're all thinking that in the future, who knows what the future is going to be, be from the standpoint of how medicine deals with these types of problems. Uh, we all think of uh, uh, cognitive impairment, for example, Alzheimer's being the classic, the classic of uh, uh, disease. Yeah. Um, and but we don't know what the future is going to be 20, 30 years from now. Maybe they'll solve that problem. Maybe they won't. Maybe it'll it'll be worse. We don't know that. So I think you kind of hedge your bet a little bit today. You, you spend some money, you put some money into a policy. You can build cash in the policy if you choose to. Not all these products build a lot of cash. They're more insurance benefit oriented. But um, you can you can hedge your bet a little bit, put some money into them, have a benefit that's growing over time. And if you use it, fine. If you don't, then your heirs will collect the life insurance benefit and what it will cost you in that case generally is the interest that you could have made on those premiums had you not bought the policy and invested elsewhere. So that's the trade-off as I see it. Yeah. Well, Dad, uh, always great conversation with you. Hey, did you ever think you'd be talking about artificial intelligence? Uh, no, of course not. No. no, of course not. So there you go. You add, you add that to the resume. Dad, uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to talk to you as always. Happy holidays to to you and All the right, family. Thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Yeah, I hope so. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more at all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN AM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.